All right, welcome to Horror Hours Podcast, the show with two horror authors discussing all things world of horror. I'm Zach Bohan, and my co-host is Jay Thorne. How you doing, Jay? Hey, what's up, man? You always say two horror writers, and it seems like we always have more than two people on this show. I know, I know. Well, you know, I got like I can't just say. I mean, I have to like give our guest a formal introduction, especially if it's not Dave. Like, if it's Dave, we can say three because Dave is on here so much. <laughs> All right, okay, good point. So, good point. So <laughs> you know, when when Dave's on, we can do that. Or maybe and Keelan's getting there. But uh, <laughs> but I guess I should quit ignoring the other guy now. So maybe. But uh, <laughs> but no, our our uh, our, our guest tonight is uh, author Justin Sloan. How you doing, man? Hello. Thanks for having me. What's up? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thanks for thanks for coming on. So um, before we get started, uh, we got a lot of cool stuff to talk to Justin about. But uh, before we get started, Jay, you want to tell everyone about our sponsor? Well, of course I do. Uh, Crystal Lake Publishing. We don't uh, we don't have any specific title we're gonna we're gonna talk about tonight. But uh, as always, you know we're big fans. We read their stuff. We had Mercedes on the uh, on the podcast a few weeks ago. Uh, go check it out. Writers on Writing Volume 4 is available. They've got, uh, Joe's got open, open submissions for short stories next month, right around the corner, a few, you know, a few weeks away. So uh, definitely, definitely check it out. And, uh, you know, like I said, we're, we are honest, authentic fans of Joe and, and Crystal Lake. So go support them. Buy some books. Yeah, they put out some good stuff. I mean, uh, baby stuff. I mean, I've still been working through Gutted. So, uh, yeah, so they got some they got some really good stuff they're doing over there. So we'll have a link to the show notes, and we thank Crystal Lake Publishing. So, uh, so Justin, uh, do you want to kind of give our audience kind of just a quick intro about who you are and all that good stuff? Sure. So yeah, I'm Justin Sloan. People may know me from the creative writing career, or if you want to go back in time, well, podcast. If you want to go back in time, uh, they might know me from Asylum Films, which makes awesome horror projects that I once was an actor in. So that's a little connection here. I also wrote for Telltale Games uh, on The Walking Dead, Michonne, Game of Thrones, and a few other games, uh, two other games for them. And then I've done some little spinoffs here and there that we can get into if you're curious. Um, one that I can't get into, I guess, but that's a little, <laughs> we'll let you guys guess at what that one is, because that's fun. <laughs> uh, and then I write a lot of fiction, of course. So uh, I just released, or am kind of releasing, I'll, you can go into details what that means, <laughs> uh, a novel called Death Marked, which is modern necromancy book one with uh, Michael Laron. And I read a lot of fantasy, talk, urban fantasy. I'm going to talk here just so I get shown on the video feed and people can see the cover on my Kindle. Didn't mean to interrupt you. Keep going. Hey, I love it. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, you know that, that black and white still works uh, on that one. You know, sometimes black and white looks like crap on some some, some covers, but it looks nice. I'm glad. It, Thanks it, for showing it that. Works. To me. It works. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the, the the cover looks amazing in color too. So, uh, I mean, you guys, oh, you guys, def, you guys, we just got definitely too. So we're pretty excited about that. Yeah, that's awesome. You guys definitely know genre on that, and uh, and uh, Michael, Michael's a really good guy. So um, he he and I chat online every now yeah. and then. I, I was on his podcast at one point. So the uh, I can't remember the name of it now. The one with where they talked about reading books. Um, yeah, uh, whatever. It's it's defunct. It the, uh, so the, there's no reason to promote it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the To Be Read show, but I think it's no longer going. That's unfortunately. It. Yeah. No, they stopped. Yeah. Yeah. I was on there and had a really interesting conversation with those guys one night about uh, like torture porn. So it was, uh, oh my. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it, it, it was, it was interesting to say the least. So, um, but, uh, well, cool, man. So is, is death marked? Is it, is it out now or coming out or? 
Yeah. So why I said it's out kind of is so we're, we're doing okay. a weird thing where we're doing a, a book launch that is not on Amazon or any of the other real retailers. It's exclusive uh, to Insta Freebie. So it's nice, free okay. 100% for one month. Yeah. And then we put it on pre-order for Amazon. So what we're doing is we put it on there for free and we say, hey, if you want to go buy the pre-order also and support us, that's really cool of you. And we'll throw in a little audio book of one of my short werewolf stories that I did. Uh, so so that's kind of like the gimmick there. But And then the, the other side of that gimmick is you get email addresses for everybody who gets the book. So we've already had, I think, thirteen or 1,400 downloads in like the three days since it launched. So that's a lot of email addresses, right? Of people that we can email later and ask for yeah. reviews or uh, just tell, tell them we love them and hope that they say it back. And, you know, <laughs> so it's available. Uh, and I can include the link for you guys, of course, if, if you're interested in that. Uh, yeah, we'll definitely. Um, and then book two, we just put on yeah. pre-order also. And book two has a cool, like, Laura Croft slash Jessica Alba looking girl on the cover. So I like oh, that. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at it right now, actually. Yeah, Jay, Jay loves, like, goth girls. If you got a, a girl looks goth on the cover, she, he's all in. Awesome. So, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, I, I know Jay, like, I mean, we, we don't want to get too much into the, the writing side of things because that's like the way this podcast used to be. But I am just curious, like, I mean, was this your first time collaborating or? No. And why I say okay. no? Well, no, on multiple levels, no. But on part because at Telltale Games, of course, we collaborate like crazy. Yeah, that's true. But if we're speaking specifically about novels, even though I guess back in the day, I co-wrote something with a guy. It was a basically a zombie story except for like you know with real zombies instead of you know magic zombies so like with Haitians doing their voodoo stuff on people like the oh, real nice. the poison I don't know if anybody knows what that is but yeah it was like a poison mixture of like like blowfish poison or something else that makes them kind of delusional and the serpent and the rainbow, them in that way right what's the that serpent, the serpent and the rainbow that kind of zombie yeah yeah that kind of stuff <laughs> <laughs> so we wrote something around that and it was really cool but we just were so amateur in our writing that we decided not to do anything with it and um uh, that was that was a different experience. Uh, this one, and then now I've been collaborating a lot with P.T. Hilton and a little bit with John L. Monk, and so I've now tried various collaboration methods. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry you're having to work with John. We've all yeah, John. we've all had that horrible experience. All three of us. <laughs> the tough guy. I'm gonna get, tough e guy. I'm gonna get an email awesome. from John. I know I'm gonna get an email from, from John like the morning after this airs now. I can't well, wait. So I feel like we always talk so nice about him and say so many great things. Every once in a while we gotta just, you know, say something mean, even if it's not true, just to keep him on our level. <laughs> I'm in. All right. <laughs> well, he, we just we just had we just had him on and we, he and I were chatting back and forth trying to throw each other off our game. So I kind of owe him as far as mess with him. So but uh but but anyway, so uh so Jay, you wanna kick off a question or yeah, well, I, you know, I know that um, I, I grabbed the book from Insta Freebie, which is really cool. So, from a reader perspective, what is Insta Insta Freebie, and how does it work? Yeah, from a reader perspective, it's it's an awesome site where you go on there and you just get free books, which is always a plus, right? And yeah, you could go do that on Amazon. But what's nice about this is that they, the the website people, the Insta Freebie people, they put together blogs and newsletters, and you know, let you know what's what's hot at the moment and what's going on in groupings, and a lot of authors get together and say, hey, your book is kind of like Game of Thrones, my book is too. And we put our books together and say, hey, these 10 books are like Game of Thrones. You want to get them now? Uh, and so lots of group promos going on. So, you know, readers can take advantage of that. Um, they also do some stuff like sneak previews. We, we did that recently where 10 of us got together and said, hey, this book is going to be on Amazon in a week or two. But if you want to read the first two chapters now, you can get them on Insta Freebie. 
So, you know, that's kind of cool. George Martin does that on his website every once in a while for Game of Thrones, where he just offers like a free chapter. And so Instafreebie is kind of doing something like that. And they're also doing um, some partnerships that are really cool that I don't know if I'm actually allowed to talk about, but really cool partnerships with uh, other groups in addition to authors. So we're going to be some, seeing some of that come down the pipeline. Nice. So you basically have to, you know, you just have to have an account or an email address and you can go on Instafreebie and, and download these books for free. Right. Yeah. And not all books require email addresses. Actually, that's a good point. Like uh, okay. for a lot of my sneak previews, I was not requiring email addresses. I just was like, here, here you go. Or you can also, as authors, we can use it for ARC copies, advanced reader copies or review or whatever that stands for. And, you know, send them out that way. But the, the main thing that I've been seeing it for is, yeah, the newsletter. So then you have an email address. You just put in your name, your email, and you get the free book. And then you're going to get a bunch of emails from people uh, saying, hey, you're on my newsletter. Do you want more free books? Do you want some free audiobooks? Do you want to just chat? You're awesome. I love you. And, uh, you know, the hope is that they stick around and become friends with the author and maybe leave some reviews at some point, maybe down the road, buy book three or what have you. Now that's, that's yeah, a lot really of readers cool. love free books. So sometimes yeah. you, you'll get these readers. You guys know how this works where you get like readers who just want all the books in the series for free. Yes. And uh, <laughs> I just wanted yeah. to mention that because, you know, some authors are all about that. I'm not one who really cares one way or the other, as long as I'm building a loyal fan base. But, uh, but, 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 you know, readers who are listening right now who are thinking about this, um, some authors are going to get offended by that. So warning. Well, and, and <laughs> I think, you know what, I think it's a, it's a real thing to understand that like, not you can't get every book you ever want to read for free from every author like yeah. authors are willing to give some free things away to build a fan base to build interest but a certain at a certain point it's a business and there's an assumption that you're going to purchase a product so uh, you know if you're getting on a list and you just expect free books for all of eternity like you might be a little disappointed yeah yeah i mean <laughs> I, i've turned down some people and especially like you start seeing them well, I don't know if I should say this, but you know, you sometimes you see them give you crappy reviews and they're like, hey, I just gave you a two-star review. Can you give me your next books for free? And you're kind of like, <laughs> why do I want to give you my next books for free? You know? so, no, something to think about. Yeah, Insta Freebie is really cool, but but it's not nearly as cool as Deathmark. So tell us about the story, <laughs> but don't spoil it because I only finished the first chapter and I'm hooked, But I, so don't spoil it, but tell us what awesome. Deathmark is and, and about the, you know, the concept. Yeah, the premise, the concept is basically that a guy has lost his fiance and is willing to do anything to get her back. And at first he goes to this guy who he knows has some connections to the dark world, you know, and just wants to get in touch with her. But the guy promises, I can do better than that. I can, I can bring, you, bring her back for you. I can reconnect you. And so it's, the novel starts off with him in the Ural Mountains in Russia going after this thing called the School of Alexi. I can't pronounce it. And it's something with magic powers that can open the portal of the afterlife. And then there's the inciting incident, which might be a spoiler if I say it, but let me just say that things go bad. The guy betrays him and opens up the portal of the afterlife. And now it's kind of up to our main guy to decide, do I still just want to focus on trying to get the love of my life back? Or do I want to, you know, save the world and stop this guy from doing all of his evil plots with spirits and demons and undead armies. So nice. lots of fun. Yeah. It still has that romance element. Um, Another spoiler. It's so hard to talk about this stuff without spoiling, but you know, there's it's not just one guy going around kicking butt. There's there's female characters involved as well, so that's fun and maybe a little romance down the road and all that stuff. So yeah. Nice. Well, well done. You mentioned you mentioned down the road. I know you guys have the the second book up for pre-order as well. Like, do you guys have a plan number of books this series, or do you are you just gonna kind of is this like Dresden Files where it's just gonna kind of keep rolling on? <laughs> no, so this is fun actually. 
it's only three books, definitely just a trilogy. However, of course, we might do like, you know, short stories, whatever, they're in the same universe and all that. Yeah. But, but here's what I say is the fun part. I can't spoil it for you. Darn it. No, no, no. <laughs> the fun part without spoiling it is it's going to connect to my fantasy trilogy, which you would think, wait a minute, isn't your fantasy trilogy a Greek trilogy kind of thing? Greek fantasy slash Roman fantasy slash no, you have no idea what you're talking about if you think that. So go read my <laughs> fantasy trilogy. And it also connects with my Ali Strom trilogy, which is a middle grade urban fantasy. Wait a minute, isn't that middle grade urban fantasy? How the hell does that connect to these other two? But it does. It's going to be crazy. You'll see. All my universes, I just love doing this, like where they all kind of come together. And so in book three, like there's a moment where Ali Strom's not going to be like a main character, but you're going to see her and she's doing her own part. You're going to be like, holy crap, that's, if you've read any of my other books, you'd be like, that's that same person. And if you start studying the mythology and stuff, you're going to be like, wait a minute. That's that's the connecting point here. Oh my God! So so that's what I love about this. You know, like I'm probably the only guy who's gonna get it, and everybody who's listening to this show who's now gonna be looking for it, hopefully. But uh, yeah, so that that's how it's gonna continue in the sense of after the the trilogy is done. One who does that shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you Connects all his stuff together. <laughs> Am I looking at him? Yeah. Oh yeah, you're looking around. <laughs> nice. It's a lot of fun, right? Especially, I mean, for an author, especially. But when like fans get that stuff and they email you about it, and you're just like, "Yes, yeah, you got it." That's that's a good time for all. It is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You, know, you come from the. You know, you have a video game background, and the in, back in the day, those were called Easter eggs. I don't know if it's necessarily yeah. the same thing, but there is something very satisfying to hear from a reader who found one of those things. Yeah. Well, it's exactly. Really cool. and, yeah, Easter eggs. And it's funny because sometimes you'll even say that in a video game meeting and some people don't get it. You're like, this, you work in video games. You not, you got to know what an Easter egg is. <laughs> but yeah, the the end of my third book in my fantasy trilogy uh, ends in a way that's it's conclusive, but it's very open for interpretation about what that means. And so it's been a lot of fun like hearing from different readers what they think that means. And one guy came back to me. He runs a, a, a website called Outer Nerd. He's a really cool dude. Alicious King, I think is what he goes by. I don't know if that's his real name or not. I should ask sometime. But anyway, he came back to me with like one version of it that I was like, wow, that's so cool. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> Which it doesn't really fit into my grand strategy, but like, yeah. So it's, like you said, it's Easter eggs are just great and like different interpretations. So much fun to hear from these readers. I'm, 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 I'm going off on a tangent. No, that's cool. I know Zach's been dying cool. to ask you some video game questions. Yeah, Maybe that's a good transition into some video game stuff. Yeah, sure. so like you mentioned that you worked for Telltale Games and you mentioned some of the stuff you worked on and you know, Telltale is, you know, I mean, they've taken on some pretty big properties. I mean, you mentioned Game of Thrones and Walking Dead. They've done Back to the Future. They've got Batman coming out. I mean, so like those are some pretty big franchises with really huge who are not going to oh, yeah. allow you to fuck stuff up. So Jurassic Park. I, yeah, I mean, some really, really big ones. So um, I mean, so like, what was your, what was your approach? Uh, let's talk about specifically maybe walking dead since we kind of have a, as much as I love game of Thrones, you know, we have more of a horror audience here. So, um, and I've played the games too. I haven't played them all the way through. Um, but, uh, but, but like, so, I mean, what was like, what was your approach like taking on such a, a hugely popular property like that? Yeah. Well, I think the big part on all of these, you know, is first starting off by looking at the source material. And we were going more off of the comics than the TV show, uh, which is something to, to That's note. cool. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of fun. So, of course, we read through all the comics and try to get a sense of what that feels like, you know, what the tone is and, and, the, and the feel and all that. Uh, and then, of course, we have to think about limitations in a video game. So, so there's that part of it. So you can't just sit down and write whatever the heck you want, right? 
um, we get together and we all we're all in a room with like you know myself maybe three or four or five other writers and we're just like brainstorming and outlining and every five minutes you have to be like wait the engine can't handle that or wait that doesn't make sense for our style of game because telltale games for listeners who don't know is very much a role-playing game so you're playing storyline is happening like on a tv show or a movie and you're making choices uh yeah. you know around what's gonna happen so so you might be coming up with a story that sounds really cool but you're like wait a minute there's no player choice there there's no moments for player agency for the for the player to kind of feel like they own the moment and make it go one direction or the next so you have to take that into account quite quite often but uh looking at the horror side of it of course you have to be thinking about you know suspense and and all those big moments or like the the jump scares like where could a good jump scare come in like oh that's a perfect moment for a jump scare or or all these kind of uh moments you know or like we had uh, that really didn't happen i guess so I think there's certain things I'm not allowed to say. Like, like there was one direction the game was going to go in Walking Dead Michonne that we have a certain character who's, you know, really quite evil, but then you have the revelations of why they are that way, and it's kind of cool. And the reason I say I probably can't talk about it is that that I don't think ended up in the game, but, like, those kind of fun moments where you're planning those out yeah. and they feel just great. And then the really frustrating part about video games is sometimes they don't end up in the game and it's not your choice. It might be a choice of <laughs> just something not working out with the schedule, which is the really frustrating part or even more frustrating when you're working on like episode two or three and something changes in episode one that has nothing to do with everything you've been doing. And everybody's like oh. clapping for you. This is so great. This is so great. Episode one blows up. Everything else goes out the window. <laughs> that could be very, very frustrating. I don't know if that answers your question, but I thought that was some interesting stuff about working in, in games on that. No, I mean, you and you kind of answered the next thing I was going to ask, which was like, and now I'll just kind of make more of a comment, I guess, but like as a writer and as, you know, just thinking about like having an outline and plot stuff, like it just seems like it would be such a headache to have to come up with in a choice-based game like that with all these different plot lines and, you know, like you go this way, then you're going to end up with this result and this ending. Like, um, yeah. I mean, it's... Uh, it just, it just, it's, it just seems like it would be, it'd be especially, and then you t you throw in what you mentioned about having those tight deadlines. Like it just, it seems like that would just be such a freaking headache, no matter how many people you had helping you out on it, you know? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> but <laughs> but to, to go into more detail on, on that, like, um, yeah. Well, so what's interesting about Telltale is you'll look at how, how many writers they have on episodes. And like, you can look at the credits for that. And even that doesn't always represent, right? Because there might have been some people who came and left and then didn't get credits for whatever reason. Um, so if you look at, just go look at the credits right now, you could probably see like 10 names on one given episode sometimes. And that's crazy because an episode, for people who don't know or listening, are, it's like two hours. So <laughs> the way you divide that up is you divide it up by all these scenes. And and yeah, like you were talking about all the, the choice space there. Um, you have to be collaborating, not just on tone and character and all that other stuff, but like the real... I guess that could fall under tone in a way, but like the, the choice moments, right? You can't have re repetition uh, of like, oh, wait, because if you're playing, you're going to be like, wait, I just had a choice exactly like that like five minutes ago or 10 minutes ago because some other writer was writing that scene, you know? So not only do you have to make sure that all that works, but you have to go through as you're doing it and after you've done it and all that and make sure that it flows properly, not just for story, but for choice moments and you know, getting that feel of the, where the character arc is. Uh, but what I love about this choice stuff is it's not really like, all over the board and and we don't really telltale i see, keep saying we i actually left a couple months ago uh but telltale doesn't do it in the way where uh like choosing your own adventure where you go down different paths and every path ends in death 
you know, Telltale's much more, uh, a lot of these games, Life is Strange and all these ones, are much more about the role-playing experience. So it's much more like, uh, you know, a train that might go off and then come back and over here. And every once in a while, it might derail and fall off. But, you know, then it gets back on and keeps going. Uh, and so, so in that sense, it's not as bad. You're always really the exact same character. It's just you might be feeling three different ways at that moment, and you choose to act on one of those three different ways. So I might be suspicious, or I might be kind of, uh, more angry, or I might just be mis uh, I don't know, kind of suspicious, but I choose not to care about it. <laughs> so the idea in my character's head when I'm writing that is I want to think, okay, I'm suspicious no matter what, but how am I going to act on that? Am I going to say, okay, let's do it? Am I going to say, no, I don't trust you, or am I just going to chop off your head? You know what I mean? And so, so in that sense, it's not as hard because you're, you, I mean, the, the best way to do it, you should always be true to that character. Of course, that, that doesn't always come through and different writers approach it differently. And for budgeting reasons or scheduling reasons, it might not even have time for that. And you just, <laughs> something gets in there. But hopefully that doesn't happen, of course. Uh, <laughs> that's a fun part of it. I know that um, yeah, you. I was gonna make that clear. You just mentioned that you know you you're no longer with Telltale, but uh, and I know you can't talk about specifics, but can you talk in generalities about um, what you're doing if you are still doing something with video games now? Sure. Are there projects yeah. you're working on now? Yeah. Well, so so I left um, mostly to focus on my own stuff. Um, on the non-video game side, uh, the main thing I'm doing right now, like for income is writing articles for military transition at military.com cool. and editing. So that's just kind of like a, yeah, a little side fun thing. Cause I was in the military and so I've always had this passion and I wrote a book for military veterans who want to get into creative careers. That's like helping advise and with interviews and stuff. And so I felt like that was kind of a cool thing that I could do while I, that gives me enough time to focus on my own writing and whatnot. But I didn't want to move away from games completely. Right. Because then it's like the resume just kind of they're like what happened if i ever want to go back to games so i've been doing some freelance stuff on the side i did a little bit for a company called pocket gems that does a game called episode which is in some ways similar to telltale like you have choices and whatnot but it's mobile it's it's different of course um yeah. also some advising like consulting for a, a russian company and then i'm in talks with another russian company to do something that uh, obviously i can't go into too much detail but also really cool also in some ways similar to these you know life is strange type games which is similar to Telltale. Uh, and then a really cool project, the one that I so want to talk about that I can't, is <laughs> really awesome. And when I get to talk about that, you guys should have me back on the show because it has connections to what we're talking about right now and multiple levels. Yes. Hmm. Secret. He's doing a killer clown from outer space game. That's what it is. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> Yes. That's cool, man. That's awesome. I actually became a billionaire and bought out Telltale, and now I'm going to just write everything I feel like, whatever. <laughs> that didn't happen. Death mark the game. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> now that you mentioned that, let me, let me tell you something about that. So Michael Laron and I, we originally started working on this for two reasons. One, we had both written a teddy bear story together that was like Orpheus, like the teddy bear going into hell, or in this case, Monsterland, to save his child. We had both written this, these books separately, like without even knowing each other. And we're like, hey, you wrote that book. I wrote that book too. That's weird. <laughs> and kind of like- A couple us, of dudes bonded over teddy bear books. That's yeah. cool. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. But then it turns out he also is really big into writing these, what he calls um, decision select novels, which are basically kind of choose your own adventure, but slightly different. And I was doing the telltale thing. So I was like, well, what if we collaborated on a book that was like decision select, but more telltale-ish? So we started writing Deathbound, which was originally uh, full of choice moments. And like every chapter had three or so choices. 
and it would change how the, how the, how the book would go. We pretty much wrote the whole thing this way uh, with choices and everything. But we got towards the end and we were like doing the refining moments and stuff. And we were like, you know what? This book is just a better book if we don't do that. At the end of the day, we decided <laughs> some of the choices, we, we could have gone down that route, but at the end of the day, we realized it would probably take us another two years just to make all the choices feel as good as they need to feel. <laughs> and so we ended up releasing it in a normal way. But you know, it is there. We have the choices planned out and some of them written out. And so if we ever decide to make Telltale Style Death, death, uh, death Marked, uh, it's ready. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Semi-ready. Right on. Nice. <laughs> We just need some artists and some programmers and producers and all the rest of that stuff. So if anybody's out there and wants to put together a company and hire us, we're ready. <laughs> I'm sure someone in our massive audience will be able to help you with that. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> lots of money too. We just need all that stuff. That's all. That's all. <laughs> well, Jay, I think that, uh, did you have a, did you have any other questions for Justin or comments well, tons or more, but, uh, <laughs> we can't keep him here all night. No, it's all, you know, I, I interviewed, uh, Justin for the first time on, back on dark arts theater a while ago and enjoy the conversation then and, and enjoying it again now. So it's, it's always great to chat with you, Justin. Yeah. Th thanks to both you guys for having me on and definitely come on creative writing career podcast sometime. You know, we haven't had you on there yet. I don't think so. I think, I think you got me booked. I yeah, think. We, I, think I think so too. So, soon, so let's, uh, this is our, our hint to the audience. Get ready. <laughs> it's coming. Dun, dun, dun. I hope it's around Halloween because nice. you have an awesome book that I really want to talk about, book series, and I'm, I want to talk to you more offline about that too because I'm excited. So, yeah, cool, cool. Yes. Where's the uh, best place to find you? People, are in uh, the yeah. Car. So, where, where do they need to go? Website is Justin Sloan uh, Author. Sorry, JustinSloanAuthor.com, and Twitter is. I, I I like to confuse people, keep them guessing, you know. So I switch it up. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Twitter is at Justin M Sloan, like Michael M Sloan. And uh, what is my face? Facebook is Justin Sloan author. So facebook.com slash Justin Sloan author. And for your so. wife, the street address where you live is. <laughs> Inside jokes. <laughs> yeah. Her Twitter is at the David W. Wright. Yeah. Feel so. free to find my wife on Twitter. It's <laughs> for people who don't know. So I also am on Facebook at Justin, uh, sorry, under, under, Oh, wait, I shouldn't tell people because then they'll try to friend me, right? Yeah. I used to be that. on my own name, but then I changed it because I didn't want friend requests because my wife doesn't like me friending a lot of people. So if you want to follow me, Twitter or my author page, Justin Sloan Author. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm still Sorry, your friend. <laughs> Sorry, Zach. I just blew up the ending of the show. I hope there wasn't anything you wanted to say. <laughs> uh, no, dude, you can't really run this show. So it's okay. So <laughs> Go ahead, Zach, you, you finish. You have the last word. Yeah. I mean, do you remember the time I said fuck Carl Sinclair and then I just hit stop broadcast? So we're all good. So, all right. uh, um, well, Justin, man, we appreciate you having you on. That was really, that was really fun. Finally good to have a video game person on. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll have all the links and stuff to, uh, to everything we talked about in the show notes and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks. Peace.